Political analyst Kenny Barfor says the appointment of Eastern Cape Stone Cezanne as the new ANC chief whip in Parliament could be a strategy to consolidate the party's support in the province ahead of next year's elections. He replaces Matola Matsecha, whose removal from the position is linked to the fact that he's no longer an NEC member. Balfour says the development could also be a move to deal with perceptions of ill-discipline among ANC MPs. I think removing Matola Matsecha and having Stone Cezanne as the chief whip, I think what the ANC is trying to consolidate the Eastern Cape as a bloc, and the ANC is also trying to ensure that all those members within Parliament who are perceived to be ill-disciplined will now have to toe the line. There's a new boss, there's a new man with a new mandate. The Trade and Industry Minister Rob Davies says the practice of fronting in order to become compliant with broad-based black economic empowerment has become more complex. The National Assembly will today debate a bill which provides for penalties of up to 10 years in jail and 10% of a company's annual turnover for misrepresenting a company's status. The Minister explains. I think most of us know the fronting to mean you take the cleaner or the gardener and call them the CEO of the company and they're not actually the CEO, they're only put up there to pretend to be the CEO so that the company can present itself as though it's a black-owned company, that sort of thing. Now, the fronting that we are encountering is much more complex than that. Nine more people have been arrested for public violence during a service delivery protest in Kopis near Sasselberg in the Free State. This brings to 35 the number of people arrested this week. Police spokesperson Peter Karedi. The community is actually fighting the police, but our public order police unit is busy actually trying to dispel them. The information that we received is that they waiting for one of the councillors or maybe somebody from the council to come and address them, but no one came, and that's when all this broke out. Foreign nationals have successfully challenged the closure of the Port Elizabeth Refugee Reception Office in the Eastern Cape High Court. This after Justice Extian ruled that the Home Affairs Department must set up a fully functional refugee reception office by October. The Somali Association of SA and the department have been embroiled in a legal battle for the past few months. When the department closed the offices, many applicants were forced to travel to other cities such as Pretoria to apply for refugee status. Attorney at the Refugee Rights Centre in Port Elizabeth is David Rousseau. The judge ordered that the refugee reception office should be fully functional by the 1st of October 2013. And by the 24th of June, the Director General or his representative must give a report to the attorneys of the applicants who are the asylum seekers as to the steps that they've taken to open this refugee reception office to accept newcomers and to service existing refugees. A United Nations officials acknowledged that the threat level had been assessed to be at elevated levels in the weeks before yesterday's deadly attack in Somalia that claimed a total of 20 lives, including two South Africans. The official says staff in the Somali capital, Mogadishu, had been advised of possible threats. Militants detonated a truck bomb and then poured into the UN compound. Arms manufacturer Donnell has confirmed that the two South Africans were its employees. The men have been identified as Mornay Lotta from Otsurun, and Alan Simpson from Port Elizabeth. Well, look now at the top story. Political analyst Kenny Barfour says the appointment of Eastern Cape Stone Cezanne as the new ANC chief whip in Parliament could be a strategy to consolidate the party's support in that province ahead of elections next year. We end this bulletin with a word from ESCOM. Electricity usage is expected to be very high this evening. 
Households are advised to switch off geysers and pool pumps between 5pm and 9pm. Today's energy saving tip is replace all your light bulbs with energy saving lamps and switch off all the lights in unoccupied rooms. The next news bulletin is at 7 o'clock. For SAFM, I'm Greg Hoos. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Five minutes after six o'clock, Hilton turned with you on the market update this evening. First up, the business news. Emerging market currencies took a beating in tandem with most other high-risk asset classes. That's after Federal Reserve Chairperson Ben Bernanke laid out a timetable for the end of the U.S. bond buying program. The rand and the Russian ruble were down more than 2% against the dollar. While in Asia, central banks in India and South Korea intervened to stem currency losses. The rand, which was down 2.5% at 10.25 towards the close, earlier traded at 10.29 against the U.S. dollar. This followed the close on Tuesday of 9.99. Supplemed Pro South Africa, the drug firm being taken over by India's Supplemed Pro, said today it had promoted its two deputy chief executives to serve as joint acting chief executives on a temporary basis. Skumbuzo Ngozwana and Mark James van Lil Saadi will take over as joint acting chief executives from the 1st of July. That's until a, f- a permanent chief executive is found. And legendary Italian fashion designers Dolce & Gabbana have been sentenced to one year and eight months in jail for tax evasion. Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbana are accused of hiding millions of euros from Italian tax authorities. The pair, whose famous clients include Madonna, Kate Moss and Victoria Beckham, have denied the charges. Alternating to the markets, the JSE's All Share Index down 3% today, ending at 39,536 points. U.S. markets down uh, around about 1.5% at the moment. The rand is at 10.20 against the U.S. dollar, 15.74 to the pound, 13.48 to the euro. Gold is at $1,293 an ounce. Platinum is at 1361 and a barrel of Brent is at $103. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Seven after six, today's top story is brought to you by IG South Africa. Visit igmarkets.co.za to open a trading account today. Well, David Shapiro of Sassman is with us. Uh, not really watching the markets, David. It's a day where the markets are the big story. Massive sell-off across the board, specifically on the JSE. If we look at that as a starter, we are now back... <laughs> Before where we started, mm. the beginning of the year. Below. We're, we're actually in negative territory, and it was a huge day. It also coincided with the closeout, with the futures mm. closeout. Now, you can't say, I can't say whether that had any impact or not. You know, it's almost impossible um, uh, t- to decide that you know, against uh, markets which came crashing down globally. Um, but... I think worst hit, we were hit not only by what Bernanke said. And in, in, in essence, you know, what he's really saying is that the, uh, the U.S. economy is on, a, on, on, on a, a progressing path. It's actually, it's actually improving. I, was, I sat through a, a presentation today on the U.S. economy, and uh, certainly the analyst uh, saw very positive things for the next two, three years and said this will be the growth market. This is where, you know, you must invest. So... And, and I, I take that up. So I think the markets are probably over-respond, you know, overreacting. Bond rates go up in the United States. Of course, uh, bond ma- rates go up in all global markets, and that has the impact of, of hurting, um, you know, of hurting equity markets. But I think we were hurt even more by what's happening in China. 
you know, China slowing down manufacturing numbers. This is a, a survey, and it's a SNAP survey. This is not the official number. shows that manufacturing is perhaps slowing more than we thought. And there's also a looming or a brewing crisis in the money markets there as well, which has also uh, scared investors. Overnight rates went up from about 5% to 12%, and as a result of some of the regional or uh, shadow bank Bankers, uh, bankers borrowing money on the inter, on the, um, um, sorry, a, a bank, what do you call it? The interbank rate, mm, sorry. Overnight rate. Overnight rate and, uh, investing it, um, in, in high yielding bonds, which is not the purpose, um, you know, of, of, of the window. So a lot of worries there. Gold came down $50, platinum down $40, and a massive sell off also out of emerging markets. So put it all together, we had a, just a, a disastrous day right across uh, all our sectors. We're going to be talking about uh, all of this at length over the next couple of minutes. We've got Peter Major of KD standing by. He'll give us his thoughts on uh, on specifically the drop in gold and some of the resource counters on the JSE. We are taking your questions, so you might have some investment or share-related questions on 34701. Use the keyword market. That's SMS 34701 with the keyword market at a cost of 2 Rand per SMS. David, if we look through specifically the JSE today, 3% basically a 3% sell-off across the board. And it was one of those days where mm-hmm. your top-performing stock in the top 40 was Tiger Brands, and it was down 0.7%. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if, if the top performer is down, you can imagine what the worst performer was. No, Kumbo is the Kumbo worst performer. Well, if you looked at platinum shares, I looked at uh, Anglo Platinum and Impala were down quite dramatically, Kumba, most of the uh, uh, resource shares as well. And, and retailers had a torrid day. Mm. You know, and this is our big fear because retailers are heavily held by foreign investors. You know, uh, more than 50% of uh, shareholders are outside the country. Generally, emerging market funds or investment funds hold on to shares. They're not, they're not quick to let loose, but you can't say it because if we see flows out of emerging market funds, you're forced to sell. You know, so so if the uh, public decide now to switch, I'm talking global public, start switching from emerging market funds to developed market funds, say the U.S., of course, yeah, um, the underlying funds have to start uh, offloading their shares. The numbers being brandished about are quite high. You know, there's uh, uh, five billion out of uh, um, um, Indian bonds and five million out of you know uh, Brazil billion. and so billion dollars out of Brazil and so on. So uh, we're just going to have to just, you know, steady on for a bit and wait for this to settle. But, um, you know, who knows where the rand's going to end up as, as a result of this because it's all, those mon- all that money that flowed in, you know, has a chance of reversing. If we look on the market, 52-week lows, we've got uh, some that have come all the way back. African Bank Investments, yeah. one of those that's come all the way back to post a fresh low. This mm. is a <coughs> low below the price that the PRC would have bought that significant yeah. stake in Able at. Yeah. I, I, I think that um, it, it's a concern, and we're getting, you know, there, there's a lot of worries um, in the South African economy. Uh, besides mining and manufacturing being under pressure, there are now concerns being raised about uh, the level of household household debt and whether and how this is going to unfold in the months ahead. You know, the the evidence that's coming through is not very pretty. 
and uh, I'm sure it's going to hurt the bottom end of the market more so than the top end of the market. So um, there are concerns that perhaps uh, um, you know the, the the issues at Capitec, the issues at places like African Bank, and non-performing loans are going to be probably worse than we originally Im- imagined. And I don't think management knows it yet. You know, I don't think they've got the tools to actually gauge it yet. African Bank issued a one billion rand uh, three-year bond that was issued yesterday. One can only imagine what would have happened if they tried to <laughs> issue that today. In February, David Abel issued a same bond, one one billion rand three-year bond, at 199 basis points above Jibar. The one issued yesterday, 275 basis points yeah. above Jibar. And management basically admitting to MoneyWeb this afternoon, we paid up. We had to pay up. Well, they had to pay up, bec- and it's not a bad business. It's it's generally a well in a well-run business, but we're going through a tough crisis at the moment. Um, and you get, they, gain, they haven't got retail funding, so they have to go to the wholesale market. And any, uh, uh, you know, any person in the market at the moment under these conditions is not going to give money away at the kind of levels it did a few months ago, etc. So expect to pay up. And uh, how, it's going to tighten their margins as well. Of course, the more, more that they have to pay up, the, the, the narrower their margins come. So, I, you know, I think this is a company, um, I'm not saying anything's wrong with it or anything's going to go wrong, but you don't have to go into it yet. You don't have to buy it yet. Well, we heard from Russell Lamberti of ETM Analytics uh, last night on the program ahead of uh, Ben Bernanke's statement as well as his Q&A session. Uh, I spoke with him a couple of uh, hours ago today and asked him how the statement last night specifically affected emerging markets today. As Jim Grant, the, the legendary Wall Street uh, analyst, said earlier today, um, you know, th- what we're seeing is uh, is really uh, a Fed that is that is in kind of experimental mode, mm-hmm. and uh, is is really doing things that it doesn't have uh, full control over. Uh, so you know this is this is how the markets are now sort of reacting to all this. I do think that if you look at the emerging market space, there has been a, a build-up of fragility in these economies, though in South Africa in particular, but not exclusively are relying heavily on foreign inflows they've been funded by you know big hot money flows coming from coming from the core economies uh, typically they've held interest rates too low for too long there have been uh, you know some some uh, mini credit bubbles building up in a number of these economies and and that is going to take its toll on their currencies and so you know the, the kind of uncertainty that that these sort of environments generate is not Good for fragile economies, and you know, South Africa is certainly structurally a fragile economy right now. Russell Lamberti, their head strategist at ETM Analytics, I also asked him about forward rate agreements. These predict interest rates; those have been equally volatile. And uh, I asked him how these had reacted in South Africa following the statements overnight. Well, this has been quite a funny story because uh, the market, uh, up until May. I uh, wasn't really interested in the notion of of too many more rate hikes uh, of too many rate hikes uh, over the next few years and uh, suddenly things started to change the rand started to weaken and and the market got actually very very hawkish and very aggressive in pricing in rate hikes and then CPI <laughs> came out mm-hmm. yesterday and that was a soft number and so the market uh, gyrated all the way back and kind of scaled back those expectations and then Ben Bernanke came out last night and 
there was this notion that liquidity is going to be withdrawn and this is bearish and so bond, uh, so interest rate expectations spiked again. So, I mean, you really are talking about uh, incredibly volatile, skittish, almost jittery um, sort of trading. Uh, and uh, so to answer your question, as of today, it would appear that the that the forward rate agreements are pricing in about uh, four interest rate hikes of 50 basis points each. So probably, you know, so somewhere around 200 basis points of interest rate hikes, which would take the repo rate up to 7% from currently 5% over the next sort of two years or so. But, you know, we could speak tomorrow and, and be looking at a very different picture again. That's Russell Lamberti there of ETM Analytics. Four potential interest rate hikes. That's what the market's <laughs> suggesting. You, what, what happens at times like this? People get very nervous. And you're not going to, you don't want to extend credit. You know, people are very nervous to extend credit because you're not quite sure if you're going to get the money back. That's the biggest problem with banking. When you lend it, your, your issue is to try and get it out of people or back. So anybody lending money now wants to take a little bit of a premium on that. And I think this is why the money market rates are starting to reflect uh, um, you know, interest rate hikes. Let's bring in Peter Major of KD's Corporate Solutions. Now, Peter, I'm watching the gold price falling like a stone, down $60. It's under 1290 at the moment. We've got stocks like Anglo Golds, Anglo American, as well as Implats at fresh 52-week lows. Chaos in in commodities and mining stocks. Yeah, I don't know if we should be surprised or if we should be terrified. Um, Look, if we're we're holding those things, we're obviously going to be both. And if we're not holding them, well... Be glad we're not holding them, and these things will find a level that they belong at. And people buy shares for two reasons. They either buy the share because it's it's making a lot of money and they want to get some of that money, or they buy a share because they think it's going to make some money someday. And and gold mm-hmm. shares, like all other shares, they will hit that level. It's what's what's sad is sure the gold price is down at a thousand three hundred now. That's where it was three years ago. But these shares are trading where they were 10 years ago when gold was $330. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's more than sad. It, it, it's a disgrace that, that the gold price is still $1,000 higher than 10 years ago, and the gold shares are right back. So you wonder, where was all that revenue spent? Where was all the money? Because they earned the money. They were mining the gold. Where is it? Why are they in such bad shape now? Our thanks to Peter Major, as always, mining consultant at KD's Corporate Solutions. Uh, David, he makes a very good point, and <laughs> one needs to wonder. It's the whole mining sector. Mm. You know, South Africa is going to have to look at itself now and say, where was all the money that we earned with those high commodity prices uh, during the super cycle in earned during, uh, uh, you know, when China went out on its massive expansion moves, which is now holding back on, you know, and, and what did we do with the, uh, with the RAND when it was strong, you know, what did, uh, what did we do? I think we gave a lot of it away in higher wages, which has been spent on consumption, and also in social grants, you know, not, not challenging uh, the program, but, but where do we go to now? I th- I think uh, poor old Mr. Gordon, I think he must have huge, and and Jill Marcus and Pravin Gordon must have huge issues to deal with now. When you look at some of these stocks, they look mighty attractive, but uh, the the problem is they might be even more attractive in two two weeks' time, two days' time, two months' time. I'm not stressed by the market, strangely enough, in the fact that it's fallen now, not at all. Um, what, what I can't read is what foreigners are going to do. I'm not worried about our retailers and the way that South African companies are run. 
Um, yeah, you know, and a, and a lot of our companies are earning money offshore, and I'm not stressed by by the global economy. You know, I, I think this move has been overdone. But um, it, it, from a currency point of view, you know, from a South African economic point of view, that concerns me a little. The stock exchange is something else. You know. David Shapiro mm-hmm. is with Sasfin. Now, for IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced trader find an edge. That's why they've developed an innovative, easy-to-use, and above-all stable online trading platform that operates at lightning speed 24 hours a day. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a closer look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, one of the great potential turnaround stories on the JSC, paint producer ChemSpec or Chemical Specialities. Consumers will know it's Deco Paint brand. It also manufactures private label paints or house brands for House of Paint, Mica, Jack's Paint, as well as Build It. Results for the 2013 financial year today show revenue up by 24%, but its loss has widened from 2012. Ivan Clark, chairman of uh, ChemSpec, joins us now. Ivan, your commentary to the results this morning, uh, very honest, very frank. Over the last two years, we've been busy restoring ChemSpec to a viable business from the absolute mess it was in, but it's going to take a, a little bit longer. Yes, we, we were disappointed with the second six months results. Um, we, we had several things happen. Uh, we, were, we were knocked with some lower sales over the Christmas period. Uh, we did take on uh, some senior executives who we've been looking for, uh, so we had some cost, cost push. Uh, but, yes, disappointing for... For the half year, but as you said, a lot of work uh, uh, been done over the last two years, and uh, certainly the theme of this morning's presentation was that there are better times to come, and and the the, the efforts of these uh, last couple of years uh, should should start showing through soon. The underlying business looking a lot better. Uh, you're selling around 50 million rands worth of paint a month versus 33 million a year ago. So. Operationally, the business is 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 growing. Yes, operationally, you hit the nail on the head. Our April May sales were were above 50 million each month, uh, compared to over 30 last uh, uh, last April May. So so we've got the growth, and we've got we've got everything in place. We've got corporate governance. We've got good people. We've got good products, and we we're back in the game with uh, in a respected company. Um, I think, you know, I'd really just ask shareholders to be patient with us, uh, give us a little more time. Uh, the company is, uh, is, is getting better and better every day. And I really do believe that the day will come when, when Kemsvek takes its rightful place higher up the ladder. Ivan, is the focus now on profitability? Yeah, we're going through, um, I, I wouldn't like to call it austerity measures, but we're going through a, a, a period where we, we, we're looking where, where there's business that we, uh, have complicated it and, and to look to decomplicate, for instance, the number of products we have, uh, the, the, the number of stock items we have, uh, in certain areas, the number of stores that, that still are operating. So we're looking very closely at the cost side. One has to be careful because one's taken the view that we're going to to push on heavily with sales, 
uh, there's so much room for us to take market share. So we've got to be a little uh, careful we don't cut up the fabric of the business. But um, we, we, we have to simultaneously look at, at, at some downsizing uh, as, we, as we push on with turnover. A lot of room for, for taking market share there. Currently only 5% of the local coatings market. Ivan, just to close off with you, gave the market some indication this morning that you were looking for growth funding. Will this be through a rights offer? I think, um, you know, if, if we're really serious, and we are, I'm hugely serious about this business. I've been involved for two years, and, and I really uh, want it to succeed and know it will succeed. I think if we're going to do that, it, it would be better to get a... a a stronger capital base and base for the growth rather than going to loan funds. So, yes, we are looking at opportunities uh, for, for some form of issue, but something that will give shareholders reward as well um, uh, going into the future. Ivan Clark is chairman of Camp Spec. Invest in a Capitec Bank fixed-term savings account and you could earn up to 8.5% interest per year. Conditions apply. 25 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock, My Money is brought to you by Capitec Bank. Well, in our My Money feature this week, we're talking to Brent Lundman, uh, MD of Satrix. Brett's uh, costs have been reduced. The, the annual administration fees charged by Satrix on, on ETF investments have been reduced. Take us through those reductions. Hi, Hilton. Yes, thanks for having me on the show. Um, just to put it in perspective, um, Satrix, it's a low-cost proposition, and that refers to the product itself. But what is important to investors is the total cost of investment, the, the cost of access or acquisition. And in addition to being able to buy Satrix um, ETFs through a stockbroker or online a trading account, we've also established the Satrix investment plan. And the fees that you're referring to relate to the, the annual administration fee that the Satrix investment plan charges to investors to obviously appoint a stockbroker, administer investment, account to them, tax certificates and statements. When we first started the plan, that annual administration fee was 1%. And, and as the plan's grown, we've obviously been in a position due to scale to bring that cost down. Now, that, the administration is outsourced to a third party, but obviously the part of negotiation, from time to time we have been able to go to that third party and, and have the fees reduced. So over time, from 1% in about 2010, it went a sliding scale, tiered scale, 80 bits down to 45 2012, 75 bips down to 35, and then now recently, effective 1 April, we brought the fee down um, to 65 bips, down to 35, by combining the first tier, which was 0 to 100,000, into the, the 500 and above tier. So what, what effectively that does, the first 100,000 of every investor's investment through the Statutes Investment Plan is now costing them 13.3% less. So obviously the, the impact is, is most significant for a client holding 100 or less, but it actually benefits every client in the investment plan because their first 100 is now cheaper. To put it in perspective, it's not very expensive. For a 1,000 Rand investment, we, we're earning 6 Rand 50 per annum. So you're paying a 6 Rand 50 fee per annum on a 1,000 Rand for the investment plan to administer your investment, give you statements, safe custody and tax certificates, etc. Brett, in terms of the take-up, how has take-up grown over, over the recent past? Well, we, we, we're proud of the Statrix investment plan. Um, it's, it is disintermediated to a large extent. Most investors have come through there, have been self-directed, and not ha- haven't come through um, the funds have been sold to them by an IFA. Not to undermine the value and the importance of an IFA. I mean, that, that 
financial advice is obviously essential when needed. Um, but it's grown, say, about five years ago it was a billion rand, and now it's up to approximately four and a half billion rand. So there's been good growth there. And that accounts for four and a half billion of the total 13 billion market cap or AUMs invested in the seven Satrix products that are currently available. Aside from the investment plan, obviously uh, uh, investors can go direct and, and actually do this on their kind of online share trading platform and just buy Satrix as if they would buy any other share. Absolutely. It's like any other listed share. It can be bought through a stockbroker, online trading account, and um, what investors need to do. It's, it doesn't matter to us. We want the investors to, to access Satrix to the most cost-effective um, route available to them. So investors need to look at the costs applicable to the online trading account and compare them to the Satrix investment plan. Also the functionality, for example, a stockbroker won't allow a, a debit order functionality, but um, the investment plan doesn't have stop order, stop loss, things like that. So clients must choose the, the point of access that suits them best from a cost perspective and functionality. Brett Lundman is Managing Director of Satrix. And as always, My Money is brought to you by Capitec Bank. Invest in a Capitec Bank fixed-term savings account and you could earn up to 8.5% interest per year. Choose between single or multiple deposits. Terms range from 6 to 60 months. Rates are fixed and you'll never earn less than 5.35%. Visit www.capitecbank.co.za for more info or visit your nearest branch. Conditions apply. Capitec Bank. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down 3%, 39,536 points to take us. Negative for the year. U.S. markets are down well over 1% at the moment. The gold price is at 1,290 and the rand at 10.20 against the U.S. dollar. This has been the SAFA Market Update with MoneyWeb. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for game plan.